the GOAT conversation is a conversation that, especially in the basketball world, but in all sports, is highly debated. Who is the greatest of all time? So today, on Cuts to the Chase, of course, I'm your host, Chase Williams. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to go through the three major American sports with basketball, football, and baseball, and NBA, MLB, and NFL, and just talk about the five greatest players of all time. But I couldn't do this alone. So, of course... I invited in no one better than Kyle Boward. How are you doing today, Mr. Boward? Oh, it's a great day, and I'm glad I could be here for your most controversial topic of all time. You know, I thought about bringing in multiple co-hosts for this, but working out schedules is just tough. You know, lots of college kids going through finals, but definitely might be a multiple-part series, especially with as much that as much as I struggled going through these lists and bringing it down to five players. But to start off, we're going to talk about the baseball world, the MLB. And I will admit, my list might be a little bit messed up. I also don't have much behind my list. Most of these, I'll bring up stats, specific games, specific seasons maybe that really stand out to me. But with baseball, it's just going to be like, I, I did some Google. This is this is what I saw. But <laughs> I'll let you go ahead and start. We're going to go with our top five players. Start top, the five best players in our opinion in each league, starting off with the MLB. You'll start with five, then I'll go to my fifth, and we'll go down to our list until we get to number one. So I'll let you go ahead. Who is your fifth greatest MLB player of all time? All right, before I share, I will say that with, with Major League Baseball, it was hard for me to narrow down to five, um, mostly because the whole argument between position players and pitchers and how do you rank them when, you know, a pitcher, you know, a starting pitcher only plays every fifth game or whatever mm-hmm. versus position players who are playing every single day. And I think it's it's safe to say that pitchers are extremely important in baseball. But for the sake of my list, I went with five position players. And also for my list, and you'll see this in each of the, the five or each of the three sports, there's probably one person in my top five that's a little bit of a I'm a huge fan this is a very biased pick and that is where my number five is my number five is Ken Griffey Jr. and I put him at number five because when I looked at baseball in the the 90s and early 2000s he was the face of Major League Baseball he was a five-tool player Um, you know he was known for 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 having a good glove a good arm he was fast and he had arguably the prettiest swing in the history of baseball. You watch this guy swing when he was in his prime. Nobody had a better swing. And I don't think anybody is going to have a better swing. Um, he just defensively one of the best center fielders of all time. And uh, if it weren't for his health issues, I think he'd probably be up in the, the top three argument, if not number one. So it's an interesting pick. Of course, I I've never really watched King Griffey Jr. play. Of course, wasn't in that time period, but also like never gone back and watched like highlights like I do of some of these players, especially in the NFL and the NBA. But I do have to say, I hear lots of love for King Griffey Jr. And with this list in general, I will admit with baseball, there were a lot of guys I expected to be like top 10 players of all time. And my baseball list is strictly off other lists, pretty much. There were a lot of players I was surprised that weren't top five players of all time. I, I learned that Jackie Robinson is maybe one of the most 
overhyped truly baseball players if you look at it and that he is such a big deal due to other things which I completely understand but I thought this man was a god on the field and he was not even the top 25 of most lists I found so definitely I can understand that there's some bias in my list and the number five guy on my list actually is more of it's kind of similar to Jackie Robinson in a way of like, I just think his story amplified why I think he's such a great player. That's actually Lou Gehrig. So I just, obviously he was a great player. I'm not going to go into the statistics. I don't fully know them, don't understand them, but he was no doubt about a great player long time ago. And I know his career wasn't cut that short, but I feel like it was. And I wonder if that could have helped him. And he's further down on other people's list because of that but i think just behind his story behind how well he played i think lou gehrig would be my fifth best player of all time in the mlb i'll now swing it over to you for the fourth all right yeah number four uh cardinal nation represent here my number four greatest player of all time is stan the man musial and uh the reason i picked him i'll throw out some random stats and then i'll focus on one really uh he was a 20-time all-star career 331 hitter you know he had 475 homers he was just under 2,000 career RBIs and just under 2,000 career runs scored Uh, he had uh, 3,630 hits but the the stat that stood out to me and the reason I have him at number four is in the stat which is it's a lesser known stat a less exciting stat Um, he is second in the career record for total bases and for for baseball nerds like myself that that kind of combines the you know your singles doubles triples home runs it kind of combines that into one stat and for him to be number two on that list uh, puts him in my top five and I have him slotted at number four I completely respect that choice it's ironic that your favorite team the Cardinals someone from the from the Cardinals is your fourth spot my favorite team when I was truly into baseball is probably the Red Sox. And there's a Boston player at my number four spot, and that is Ted Williams, actually. There's a few reasons for that. One of these is that as I pulled up his stats, I was blown away by the fact that he played 19 seasons. That really surprised me. Also, just looking at a lot of a lot of his rankings throughout the seasons, he was consistently number first in batting average during his years. Just he got on base a lot, multiple MVPs in 1946, 1949. And you'll see that actually all my guys are older players. No one that's even probably passed that played in the 1990s. But just all these stats that I've I've read and seen about him and how long he played and where he where he is in these statistics and a lot of them, I see a lot of first places, especially with on base hits, all these types of things, batting average. I mean, the first part of getting a run scored in baseball is getting on base. So I have to put Ted Williams at number four for me and I'll swing it back over to you for number three. I respect. I love that. You know, we've got our top five going and so far we are not in agreement at all, which that just shows how, how much of a crapshoot and i'll say this to me there's a clear top three in major league baseball a clear one two and three in the history of baseball and some people can have them mix and match but when you get to the the four through ten that's when people's lists really kind of change and i think that's i mean i'm sure you probably had um 
the two guys I named in your top 10. I probably have the two, or, and I know I had the two guys you named uh, in my top 10. They just both missed out uh, barely. But for number three, this is where it gets real interesting. Uh, for number three, I have the true home run king, Hank Aaron. Um, I say true home run king because even though Barry Bonds passed him, uh, Hank Aaron is the home run king with 755 career homers. And this is where he kind of put himself above Stan the man. Uh, he is the career leader in total bases. He was a 21-time All-Star, uh, 3,771 hits. Um, I mean, just one of the most feared hitters in the history of baseball, and that's why I've got him slotted in at number three. Well, I think we may agree on our top three exactly in order after disagreeing on four and five. And I have nothing else to add, but Hank Aaron is also my number three player. Consistently, that's where I saw him on list. Looking at his stats, that's consistently what I thought. Um, The only time I didn't see him at number three is someone did put Barry Bonds at number three. I believe it was Bleacher Report. And I, I did not put Barry Bonds anywhere near my top five, actually. I'd not even consider him for the most part, but yeah, I agree. Hank Aaron's exactly where is exactly in the same position for me as he is with you. And I expect we'll see that with two and one right here, right now. Yeah. Number two, I really, I'll be honest. I struggled uh, going back and forth between who I was going to have at two and who I was going to have at three. And I even changed my mind, like right before this podcast started, but my number two is, is Willie Mays. And the reason I have him at number two is for the same reason I have Ken Griffey Jr. at number five. Uh, he's a five-tool player. He was known, you know, arm, glove, speed, contact, and power. Uh, he was a career 302 hitter, 338 stolen bases, 660 home runs. The man could truly do it all. And he had some of the, the, the prettiest plays in center field of any player uh, in history. And that's why I've got Willie Mays at number two. And again, I I completely agree. Willie Mays seems to be pretty much in most people. Clearly, you said you had some doubt about it, but he seems to be pretty surefire number two for most people. And that's what I read. I read that he could do it all. You just mentioned how he could do it all. It made the most sense for him to be in the number two spot for me. And I'll let you swing it over to who you have at number one, but I think the world already knows. Yeah, I don't think there's any argument. Um baseball fans around the world when you say the name Babe Ruth uh, it's automatically assumed that you're talking about the greatest player who ever lived and I remember watching the Sandlot growing up and and reading into the hype he's got all these nicknames he's got all this you know he was known for hitting home runs he has 714 career home runs so the man truly was you know a great but what is kind of underappreciated with Babe Ruth's game is his pitching. Uh, he was both a hitter and a pitcher, and you know he had 94 career wins, uh, 2.28 ERA on his career. And one of the stats that I thought was really cool was uh, in World Series, uh, he went 3-0 and in the World Series as a pitcher. So I thought that was uh, a pretty cool stat when you consider he's probably – more known for his bat and that's how people see him is the you know the greatest hitter who ever lived but the man could do it all he he really could and that's why there was no doubt about it he was my number one as well i i grew up when i was getting into baseball it took me a while to understand like pitchers oftentimes aren't good hitters 
but Babe Ruth, that's not true at all. And like Babe Ruth is who, like I, I, if I was like, if I ever go to the MLB, I want to be a pitcher, but I also want to be hitting dingers every single game. And so I just kind of, I don't want to say I idolize the guy because I never have seen him play. I can admit that, but like he's the type of player I wanted to be. And there's no doubt about it. Everyone thinks he's the surefire number one. And so that's who I got. I am curious. I do not really have any honorable mentions for my MLB list, but I'm curious if you have any at all. If so, who are they? Yeah, I, I have a couple, but you already mentioned one. I had Barry Bonds as an honorable mention, but his legacy is really ruined by the whole performance-enhancing drugs, that whole scandal. And that's unfortunate because he was great to watch. He was entertainment. He, you know, people my age grew up watching him and and – he cheated and for that reason uh he cannot be a top five player all time it it's pretty uh it's pretty much a sure thing that he probably won't even make it into the hall of fame because this the sports writers are not uh are not accepting of him just yet and so i'm anxious to see how that transpires and if he ever does get that call to to cooperstown but my uh, the real honorable mention that i had um I picked out the, the best pitcher of all time, and I thought it was worth mentioning. The best pitcher of all time uh, is Walter Johnson. And I say that, you know, 417 career wins, 2.170 RA. He had um, 3,500 strikeouts. He is pretty significantly um, above every other pitcher in Major League history. I know, you know, the career or the, the season pitching award is named after Cy Young. But Walter Johnson was the best to ever do it. I I completely respect the list. I won't even touch who I think the best pitcher is because I just I I can't do that. But that's who we got for our MLB list, and we're gonna take a short break. But right when we get back, we'll hop into the NFL and the NBA to wrap up the podcast. And so we're gonna be right back after this short advertisement. And coming out of that advertisement, we're going to hop back into our GOAT conversation, of course, just wrapping up the MLB alongside me, again, Kyle Bauer. And I'll let you take the choice. Would you rather hop into the basketball world or the football world? Let's go with football next because I know basketball is your number one. We should probably end on that one. That, that I am not against that. So we'll hop over into the NFL and I guess I'll just shoot it right over to you. And who is your fifth best NFL player of all time? All right, we're probably going to have some differences in our top five because I, I kind of argue with myself a lot on this one. I tried to not look at this with positional constraints and the whole offense versus defense. And the, I mean, quarterback is the most important position in football. Nobody will deny that. And that's why a lot of times when you see people talking about the greatest of all time, quarterbacks are usually at the top of that conversation because they are the most important uh, player to, to a team. But I, I tried to ignore the, the hype that uh, quarterbacks get. And I tried to make my list without a quarterback in mind, but I did include one. Uh, and so I actually have a quarterback at number five. And after arguing with myself over and over and over about this, I put an asterisk next to this one, but I've got Tom Brady as my number five greatest NFL player of all time. And I picked him over Joe Montana. Um, I think Joe Montana in, 
in a different world, in an ideal world, Joe Montana is probably the better quarterback. But you look at the career success that Tom Brady has had. He's a winner. He's a leader. Uh, he took average teams to the Super Bowl and won. Uh, he's a six-time champion. You look at the offenses that he had at his disposal uh, in New England, and he didn't always have a whole lot of talent around him, and yet somehow he still won. And you go back to his, you know, his his story of wh- how he got drafted and when he got drafted, and then he turned out to be such a great player. It's it's crazy how his career has has built. But I put an asterisk there one because you know you look at how he's playing right now with Tampa Bay and he doesn't look as good. But I think if you put Tom Brady 10 years younger playing on this Buccaneers team, I think they're the best team in the league. But, you know, he, he's older now. He's, he makes some not-so-great throws. But I tried not to hold that against him, and that's why Tom Brady is my number five greatest player of all time. It's interesting because I can admit I'm looking at my list and I don't know where Tom Brady is going to land on it. I'll tell you he's somewhere on my list, but I'm not sure where he's going to fit. My number five, though, this is probably the one player I know is truly going to would be number five on my list. That's Walter Payton, fourth most rushing touchdowns all time, you know, took the Bears to the Super Bowl, 16,000 total yards, which is second all time. The guy was just an overall beast, and there might be, even though I'm not a huge Bears fan, there might be a little bit of bias into that, but lots of lots of people seem to agree the stats back him up. He's just one of the most fun players to watch in all time, and I'll admit, the only guy that even really competed for that fifth spot with him was Barry Sanders, which ironically I would not put at six, but those two guys I really jostled back and forth for my fifth greatest player of all time. But I'll be curious, who's at number four for you? We know it's not going to be a quarterback, and I'll give a little bit of surprise that mine is going to be a quarterback. So who's your fourth best player of all time in the NFL? Well, here's where my bias really comes in as a Rams fan. My number four greatest player of all time is Deacon Jones. And the reason I picked Deacon Jones, I I truly believe he's the best defensive lineman in league history. I argued back and forth between – him and Mean Joe Green, but uh, Deacon Jones was coined, or he coined the term sacking the quarterback. Like, that was his thing. He was a two-time defensive player of the year, uh, 173 and a half career sacks, which is good for number three all-time. But you talk about, uh, I, I really looked at, and I did a little bit of research into this, kind of debating between him and uh, Green, and he was, you know, his nickname is the Secretary of Defense, uh, other coaches and other players uh, really loved his sideline to sideline speed, which as a defensive lineman is dangerous. And there were opposing linemen who were legitimately scared of him. Like they said he was so mean and the way he played and like they, some offensive linemen did not want to face him. And there were quarterbacks who would change plays at the line based on the look on Deacon Jones's face. And for that reason, I have him at number four. That's an incredible story. And I that's actually a story I did not know about, about literally scaring the offense to that extent. Of course, a great player. But another great player is Joe Montana. Joe Montana is my fourth best player. And I will admit, you mentioned this a little bit before you got into your list, about 
the overhyping of quarterbacks in a way is almost what I call it because it is it's deserved in the fact that they are kind of the most position most important position of football but also I just the quarterback can do so much and control the team so well and so John Joe Montana is my fourth great quarterback fourth greatest player and second greatest quarterback of all time. He's a four-time champ, won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP three of those times he went to the Super Bowl, and I got two MVPs in, the, in his own. He just was a great, consistent quarterback, you know. Had, a, I think, a little bit of a dip when he went over to Kansas City, but not much of one, and, of course, it was in the end of his career. Of course, also had the help of Jerry Rice for most of his career, but the guy was just – the guy was a beast, of course, actually my mother's favorite player in the NFL, I think, of all time. And just I've never heard anyone be able to bash this guy to say he he's a overrated anything. And for that reason, he really just landed at number four on my list. So who's number three on yours? First, I love that you said he's your mom's favorite player because and I could be totally wrong. And mom, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure he's my mom's favorite player, too. Um, and I think that it stems from his college days. You know, he won a national championship in college as well. Uh, and I love that he was always known for his like fourth quarter comebacks. He was just an exciting player. So I totally respect uh, the Joe Montana pick. Um, but for number three, and this is where it's going to get interesting because I actually have two defensive players in my top five of all time. And I highlighted Deacon Jones's uh, ability to scare the opposing team, but there was only one person who could do that better. And that person is Lawrence Taylor. Uh, he was the most terrifying defensive player of all time. He was, you know, linebacker. There were coaches who literally said they changed their offensive scheme when they played against Lawrence Taylor. They literally changed their offense because they were afraid of what he could do on the field. Uh, he he scared quarterbacks. You know, they uh, there was a quote, and I don't remember which coach said this, but one of the coaches said that uh, during a game. A one of his quarterbacks uh, literally forgot the snap count because he made eye contact with Lawrence Taylor. Um, So I thought that was kind of a cool uh, little story. You know, he was a 10 time pro bowler. He actually won an MVP as a linebacker. I believe he's one of only four defensive players to ever win an MVP. Um, And, you know, just, just one of the scariest dudes to ever play football. And, and if I had to pick between, you know, do I want, you know, a top five quarterback of all time, or do I want Lawrence Taylor to be the guy on my defense? I'm probably going to take Lawrence Taylor because, you know, a good quarterback's only so good when they got that man running at him. That, that is true. And you almost, I will admit over the past 24 hours have almost convinced me to put Lawrence Taylor in my top five. He's right on the outside at number six. But my my number three pick is actually listed as my second best player, but it's changed over the past 24 hours. It's just talking about Joe Montana. I'm going to swing it over to Jerry Rice. He's actually my third best player of all time. He's got the most career receiving yards, most career receiving touchdowns, most career all-purpose yards. He's a Super Bowl MVP, which is shocking from a wide receiver, even though it's it's not as shocking as if he was a regular season MVP, but he was literally just a godly receiver for years and years and years. He is some of my favorite. He's probably my favorite player in general to watch tape back of. I feel like he's just literally the perfect wide receiver that the NFL seen. And I, I really tried to put him at number two, but he ended up falling to number three. 
And actually, surprisingly enough, my number three jumped up to number one. But Jerry Rice, just the way he played, it if I probably watched this tape earlier, would have fallen in love with football so much more than I did because the guy is just amazing. It's really like a piece of art, in my opinion, watching him. And the amount of the, uh, the way that he just dominated every statistic, I mean, most career receiving yards, most career all-purpose yards, most receiving touchdowns, like that just blows me away. And of course, he, he had the help from having Joe Montana as quarterback. But I think Jerry Rice deserves to be a top three player of all time. And that's why I have him at number three. And I'm curious, who's your number two? So number two on my list is Jerry Rice. And you already highlighted all of his his stats and, and what he's known for, his records and all that. Um, but you asked current wide receivers in the league uh, who they model their, their game after, who they wish they were as good as. And I bet you 90% of the NFL right now is going to say Jerry Rice. Um, the players grew up idolizing him. He's just far and away the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game, and it's really not that close. Um, he's also a big game player. Like when when the when needed, or when the game was the most exciting, you know, in the Super Bowl, whatever. He always played his best in those big games, and for that reason, you know, you already said all his stats, all his records. He's number two for me. He is no doubt about it a great player. Of course, as I just mentioned, he was he was almost number two for me. He was originally number two. And I'm still not sure who my number one player is. I think I know who it is. And so going into my number two player, I have Tom Brady. You had him at number five. I have him at number two. He uh, he just he's really done it all. He is one of the best players of all time, no doubt about, in my opinion, the best quarterback. He is a six-time champ, as you mentioned, took some very average teams to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, and did it at the early portion of his career and towards the tail end of his career. And, of course, dominated in the middle, having three MVPs during his time, four Super Bowl MVPs. Reminder, he tore his ACL and came back and won comeback player of of the year he's fighting with drew Brees currently for most touchdowns of all time he's second in in yards thrown in general the guy is a beast but i do think that my number one play i think it's just hard for me to put a quarterback at number one i idolize the quarterback position i think they're the most fun to watch and i do think the best player in 30 years of all time will be a quarterback but we're just not there yet and so i think just because if Tom Brady just did a little bit more, I don't know. Maybe if he was more mobile, maybe – I don't know. He's done so much. It's hard to say he needs to do more for me to put him as my number one player of all time. But he's just – something about him, it could be that it's this season with the Buccaneers that have just really kind of disappointed me, brought him down to number two for me. But he's not quite who I think is the GOAT in the NFL. So I'm curious, who is your GOAT? I think I know. I think we got the same player, but – who is it? It's funny, before I say number one, it's funny that you, you talked about in 30 years it would probably be a quarterback uh, at number one. And I think you're right because you look at the way the NFL started and, and the rules changing over time and, and the game developing over time where, you know, when, when the NFL first got started, it was you literally couldn't throw the ball forward. Like you, you literally could not. That was against the rules to do that. And so it went from a, a game that was really centered on your ability to run the ball 
and now it's it's really transitioned to throwing and I think it's going to continue to trend in that direction that's why you don't see as many running backs taken in the first round of the draft um but for right now in 2020 my number one is Jim Brown and without I'll let you if you I mean I'm assuming he's going to be your number one but uh, he is. <laughs> I'll let you throw in stats or whatever but I picked him uh because you asked other running backs uh and coaches and players he was bigger he was faster he was stronger um, you know, he won three MVPs and he basically set all the major rushing uh, records before they were even records. And they're the, you know, they're now being broken by, by the new generation of running backs, but he really was the best, the GOAT. He, he really was. And I mean, he has the best average rushing yards per game. He's a four-time MVP. He's 106 rushing touchdowns. All those numbers are amazing and you know actually looking at this number 106 rushing touchdowns doesn't seem as much as i as it should be but he really was he just he is the best and i think the reason i ended up putting him up at number one very last second originally brady was my number one but the thing is the running back also can do it all and i mean jim brown was not one of those christian mccaffrey types but jim brown was a great athlete and i think when it comes down to sports, football is unique because the greatest athletes aren't always on the field with the fact that I'm not going to lie. Your kickers aren't always these freak athletes. Your quarterbacks aren't these freak athletes. Jim Brown was an amazing athlete. And for that, I'm giving him the respect of number one. And I, I really do think that he is the best NFL player of all time. But I'm going to swing it over to my – I mentioned just a few moments ago that I do expect it to be a quarterback in a few years. I did not put Patrick Mahomes on this list, but if this man keeps up what he's doing, there's no doubt about it. When he retires, he will be the best player in the NFL history, in my opinion. And so he he wouldn't even be on my top 10 if we did our top 10. But I do have to give Patrick Mahomes a huge shout out because he is he's a great quarterback. He's a great player. I think it's too early. Too much could happen some really sad things could happen to a career into injury, which I hope does not happen. Stuff like that, that could alter his career path. But I believe that if everything goes of plan, it will be Patrick Mahomes in 30 years or maybe someone else that we haven't even seen yet. But I do expect that to transition over to the quarterback very, very soon. Now I'm curious. I think we both have some honorable mentions for the NFL and I'll let you go ahead. Who are your honorable mentions who almost made that list, but couldn't quite crack it. I like and respect what you said about Patrick Mahomes. I, you know, I'm not a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. Um, I can't deny his greatness, but I mean, you mentioned it barring any major injuries or setbacks. He could end up being top five, if not number one uh, on this list by the time, you know, we're old, but uh, if you had asked me, you know, five, six years ago, who I thought of the current generation of players who could end up in that top five, I would have told you Andrew Luck. I legitimately thought Andrew Luck had what it took to be one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. Um, And, you know, injuries kind of hampered his legacy and he ended up retiring early. Um, So hopefully nothing like that happens to Mahomes. You know, we enjoy watching greatness, even if I'm not a fan. Um, But in terms of honorable mentions, uh, I had Walter Payton and Barry Sanders both on the outside looking in 
uh, to the top five. I thought they both were deserving of top 10 um, and deserving to be in the conversation for top five. And uh, my number six, for sure, Joe Montana. Um, love that man. Uh, I would love to put him in my top five, but I had to give some love and respect to the defensive players. Yeah, as you guys noticed, I did not give much love, n- did not give any love to the defensive players. I mean, they are great. I would say that if I was doing my top 10 NFL athletes or top five NFL athletes, no doubt about it, there would be a defensive player or two on there. They, they do sum up my next five. If we were going to do a six through 10 at six, I had Lawrence Taylor at seven, I had Mean Joe Green. Eight was Barry Sanders, and then nine was Reggie White. 10 I have thrown up a few players in that but they really do dominate a lot of the rest of my next best players they just for me when it comes down to the game it's a lot easier to give it to your offensive player and say go win us the game than it is to be like hey you have to ask your defense as a whole to win it where you can kind of not truly but more easily dominate the game offensively than you can defensively with just one player so for that reason I didn't have any defensive players but they are pretty much all my honorable mentions along with Barry Sanders which is maybe one of my top three favorite players that I've watched highlights of but he's just not quite in there as the best players I but definitely for this GOAT conversation It happens because of the conversation between LeBron, Michael Jordan. I think there's no doubt about it that that's going to be your one and two in some way. It's my one and two. I'm not even going to try to hide that. I truly think they are the two best players the game of basketball has ever seen. But we're not going to start there. We're going to keep that for the end. And I'm curious, swinging over to the NBA, who is your fifth best player of all time? It's about to get uh, real interesting up in here because I'm sure we're going to have some listeners that are going to be upset with our, our picks here. I feel like, you know, NFL, MLB, less controversial. But when you start talking about NBA's all-time greats, that's when people get really salty. And so uh, hopefully we don't get totally bashed for these, uh, for these picks as our top five. But um, I'm going to throw it right into my favorite player of all time, my number five, Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, the Mamba mentality, the way he could take over a game. He scored 81 points in a game. He was a five-time champ. Um, you know, not super known for his defense, but he was a 12-time all-defensive all team pick. Uh, I think, ultimately, he was robbed of the MVP twice. Um, and I would say the first time in, in the 06-07 season when uh, Dirk won it, I think Kobe was robbed that year. But the the more obvious one was in the 05-06 season, Steve Nash's second MVP. I think Kobe was absolutely robbed that year. Uh, so I have Kobe at number five all-time greatest players. Kobe, my number five slot right now says either Wilt or Magic or Kobe. So it was between those three. I don't have any statistics for any of them. But I think when it comes down to it, because if I look at the rest of my list i'm giving it to magic johnson the fact that he was so he was the first really versatile player um and he he played point guard he played center he did it he did it all and he off just right out of college right out of michigan state he was a great player right off the bat winning i believe he won finals mvp his rookie season he just he was a great player he did so much 
And I think he played in a stronger time period than Wilt Chamberlain, which is what boosted him over Wilt for me. Um, that I just I have to put Magic Johnson as my fifth best player of all time. And I'm curious now, who's number four? I think there's lots of Lakers legends. I'll be interested to see how many more you have. Yeah, so I don't have Magic in my top five. Um, I love Magic Johnson. The, the, the Showtime Lakers are probably my favorite team, you know, that favorite era of basketball. Uh, I loved the way Magic played, you know, James Worthy. Uh, it's just, I left him just out of my top five. Um, he's one of my honorable mentions, but my number four is Wilt Chamberlain. Um, I don't know how many people on the planet uh, in the history of the sport of basketball can say they scored a hundred points in a game. Um, I can tell you only one person can say that they've done that in an NBA game in a professional, you know, top tier game. That was Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. Uh, also like, and one of the things that I thought was just a, an absurd stat, there, you know, he had a season where he averaged 50 points per game for a season. And I get it, like, the NBA was weaker when he played, but, like, I don't know. Like, he was easily the best player of his era, and it wasn't even close. And so, for that reason, I have him at number four. You know, that's the thing. is looking at Wilt's statistics, it's hard to be like, how is this guy not just the greatest of all time? But for me, he's just not. I think if he played, and I think – he likely deserves this that if he played in a later time period um he would have likely been higher on my list because i still think he would have dominated but he didn't if he played at a time like kareem abdul jabbar for example who is my fourth best player of all time the all-time leader in points he dominated for such a long time i think a lot of people might will have him as a top three. Some people even argue he's one or two in the GOAT status, even though I would say many don't think that anymore. Um, he just, he dominated for so long. He did so much. He was great offensively, defensively. I mean, all-time leader in points for now, at least. That may change by the end of LeBron's career. But this guy was this guy was the first GOAT. And I think he is the fourth best player of all time. Um, I just think he's not quite up there in my top three. And so who is your third best player of all time? Well, it's funny. You already get to, you know, you, you kind of beat me to the punch in highlighting him. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is my number three greatest player of all time. Uh, and the reason I have him there, you know, six MVP, six-time champion. And you, like, his skyhook is just pure poetry. And uh, you, you, know, you already mentioned his scoring uh, being legendary. Um, he is right outside of that top two. Um, I do think one and two is kind of separating itself and it's getting more and more separated as the years go on. But for right now, I've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at number three. My number three is not, it, it's tough because I think Kareem's probably truly a better player, but there's something about this man that I will forever just be blown away with i mean he has 11 championships it's bill russell i know a lot of people don't even have them in his in their top five i'm assuming you don't because i would be blown away if you thought he was a one or two but <laughs> the 11 championships alone he dominated he it's kind of like wilt chamberlain not quite obviously the scoring punch because wilt did average 50 points 
a game for a season, you know, had that 100-point game. But Bill Russell, just because he, he really was, he was Wilt's biggest rival. But when it came down to it, he, he got 11 championships. He, he ended up with the trophies, which mean a lot to a lot of people, including myself. And for that reason, Bill Russell is my number three spot. But it's coming down to, again, as I've mentioned, LeBron or MJ. So tell me, who's your GOAT? We're going straight to who's the best player and tell me what made LeBron or Michael better than the other. I know you and I have had these conversations before, and I think people know where I stand. I would love to be able to put these guys as a 1A and 1B and stop the arguing. Uh, but since that is the point of this whole podcast, uh, my number one greatest player of all time right now, at this moment in time, in 2020, LeBron James. And here's why. And I know this is going to lose us some followers. And I, I totally apologize to all those listeners who are deciding to hit stop and, and ignore this right now. Hey, but... listen to my <laughs> listen. At least wait for my goat before you guys stop listening. There we go. There we go. Um, I have LeBron at number one because you look at the trajectory of his career and where he's at right now. He will finish number one in career scoring right now. He's number three. He's going to finish in the top 30 in career rebounds. He, right now, he's number 48. He's going to finish in the top five in career assists. Right now, he's number eight. He's going to finish in the top 10 in steals. Uh, right now, he's number 14. And he's going to finish in the top 100 in blocks. Um, right now, he's 107. And you look at that in his all-around game. And I know people are going to say, well, he played longer than Jordan. You know, he came straight out of high school. Jordan had to go to college. Um LeBron James, from the moment he started his career in the NBA to whenever he decides to hang it up, when he's 40, 45, 50, however long he decides to play, um, I don't think he will be as dominant at 40. Um, You looked at how, and I'll talk more about this, but how Michael Jordan played when he wasn't with the Bulls, uh, those two years he played for the the Wizards. Um, I don't expect LeBron to fall off quite that much. And I just think as an all-around best player, combo of skills, not just success, uh, people are going to talk about the rings. I get that, and I respect that mindset. But when I look at the greatest basketball player, if I had to pick uh, building my team around a prime LeBron James or a prime Michael Jordan, I'm picking LeBron James. I completely respect that. You know, it's really hard because I do think if we do this same podcast and I'm going to say two seasons, I think this will be flipped. But right now I have MJ at number one. So I really do. He, They both have very complete games. Don't get me wrong. And the argument about LeBron playing longer, I I don't care about personally. I don't think that's um, that that matters right now. I mean, MJ retired in the middle of his career like that was that's on mj i get like yes he did have to go to college but he also then retired in the middle of his career and so if for him to be lower on stat list like that's his own fault in my opinion but i think just because mj was perfect in the finals i know they both had incredible teammates both gone against incredible teams and I am hyping up MJ's opponents more because I definitely feel like, no doubt about it, MJ never went up against a Warriors player-type team. And so 
I, I still have him at number one, but I'm really at the point where it's pretty much because of rings. I think LeBron is a more complete player, but to be this, you have to win. And I think because MJ has won so much, obviously I respect winning a lot with the fact that Bill Russell at number three with his 11 championships. So it's MJ is my number one right now, but I do think if LeBron gets one more ring, he would be my best player of all time. It's so tough, though, because he has elevated his team, I think, slightly more than MJ did. Of course, MJ was a great player, but you look at it, MJ leaves, and granted, they kept Scottie Pippen. They kept Dennis Rodman after his first retirement, and they still competed in the East. LeBron, just a few seasons ago, left the Cavs. They've sucked ever since. (laughs) When he... Left the Cavs the first time, they sucked. When he left the Heat, the Heat weren't very good. They missed the playoffs. And so I think LeBron elevates his team more. I think both you saw MJ and LeBron really fine-tune their skills. Um, And that was a great thing for them and the reason why they are one and two on my list. But right now I just can't quite put LeBron at number one but I definitely think if we do this podcast in 12 months 18 months 24 months there's a good chance that could change it's just it's such a tough conversation of course this is why we ended up keeping basketball for last while that and I just have a true love for the sport of basketball like no other but it these two guys I think will unlike football be two of the greatest to do it for a very, very long time. And it's interesting to look at the differences in these lists. You know, you have you have the MLB where at least my whole list is just a bunch of old dudes that played a long, long time ago. And then you have the NFL where you have a mixture of some newer guys, but it really feels like the dominant time of the NFL is in the future and also 20, 30, 40 years ago where basketball, you have some really, really old guys, you have some brand new guys, you have some guys from the middle, on my list at least, you pretty much, I mean, you go from Magic, Kareem, Bill Russell, older guys to mid-80s, and you throw in MJ, who played in the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, and then you have LeBron taking over, of course, you had Kobe, Kobe's one of my honorable mentions, and so it's just an interesting thing to look at. And speaking of honorable mentions, I'll let you throw in any NBA honorable mentions you have before we get to our last segment of the podcast. Yeah, w- real quick, right before I say honorable mentions, um, back in, <laughs> this is going to probably catch me some flack. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't think people respect C- Scottie Pippen the way they should. Um, you talked about it, you know, when, when Jordan retired and the Bulls kept Pippen, they were still a playoff team. And I don't think people understand that Scottie Pippen was the second best player of that generation. He, he gets overshadowed by the greatness of Michael Jordan and legitimately the greatness. I mean, Michael Jordan's this, you know, he's a top two best player of all time. Most people would probably have him number one. Um, I would like to have seen in, in like an alternate universe. I would like to have seen what would have happened if the Bulls didn't have Scottie Pippen at the same time as Michael Jordan, I would be anxious to see how many rings he wins. Uh, and then you could say the same argument though, and vice versa for LeBron James. He's mm-hmm. constantly surrounded by, by great players. You know, he, he had, uh, he had Bosch and Wade 
Uh, he had Kyrie Irving uh, and, and Kevin Love. He's got Anthony Davis. Um, and, and both players, I do think, you know, you can't – in the NBA, you can't win by yourself. Allen Iverson tried it with his 76ers, and God bless them. They, he tried it. But there, it, the NBA is just so hard in that I don't think one great player can win you anything. But if you've got, you know, one of the goats like LeBron or Michael and you put another star next to them to win it, um, a lot of times that second star gets really overshadowed. Um, but I'll hop off my soapbox uh, now about that. And, and my honorable mentions were, were two guys you've already talked about, Magic Johnson and Bill Russell. Um, Bill Russell is the best winner ever, and that's what I have him labeled as, the best winner. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think he did have quite a bit of talent around him. He um, did with his team, so that's why I left him out of my top five. Uh, and then the magic of magic is just I mean, it's undeniable how great that is. And and I respect you having him in your top five, and I like that you have him in your top five. Um, I just I don't, <laughs> I, I completely understand that. There's a lot of honorable mentions because I, I am a huge basketball fan. And I think of basketball in probably, I don't want to say a different way than everyone else. I don't want to sound like I'm some like, oh, I look at basketball different than you. And that makes me better than you when it comes to basketball. And my opinions are the right ones and yours aren't. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. But people like, for example, Kobe's right outside, but I don't know that I would put him at six or seven. Um, Will is right outside. He's probably six for me. He was originally my five and got bumped for magic and then almost got bumped again. I truly, I know this is probably going to be really unpopular. I don't know if if the world, if if the world decided sports are no more tomorrow, we'll never do another sport event. What has happened in sports is what's happened. Where nothing's ever going to change. I don't know that I would put this player as a top ten player, but Steph Curry for me, he really just the way he's changed the game in the past few years. And granted, he's also had some amazing teams around him. But I think especially with this upcoming season and the fact that he won't be playing next to Clay Thompson for the first time in his prime, really, I'll say, I think if he has an MVP caliber season, he's going to be a top 10 player of all time for me for what he's done for the sport. I mean, that's why Magic is number five for me. That's part of the reason MJ is right now number one bill russell number three i mean the pioneers and, and steph curry really is it's unique to say this because basketball has been around for so long but steph curry's a pioneer of the sport he's changed it so much and as much as i will admit i prefer the slam dunk competition over the three-point competition it it's for the good it's made it more fun in some ways in some ways not so much but i always think more scoring is better than a maybe a really good dunk or two a game. And I, I have to give major props to Curry. There's, of course, other players. Larry Bird is someone who I would put probably my top five favorite players. Uh, Dr. J also in that. I don't even know if I'd put Dr. J in my top ten best players, but both those guys would also be honorable mentions for me. But as I say, every time as we wrap up this podcast, I'm trying to get more into the hang of this. I want to swing over to a team or a player of this past week or so that has really stood out to you. And so I'll let you go first. Who is your team or player of the week? My player of the week this week is uh, it's, you know, the college football world is not the most uh, exciting thing to me. I enjoy college football, but I don't watch it all that much, but I got a text um, on 
or during this game that basically the, the person told me um, I need to turn this on to check this guy out. Um, Jarrett Patterson, the running back for Buffalo, uh, he put up 409 yards rushing and eight touchdowns in one game. He had eight touchdowns in one game. Um, and th- that even kind of overshadows what he did in the previous game. The previous game, he had 300-plus yards and four touchdowns. So what he did the last two weeks is just insane. Uh, remember this name. Remember Jarrett Patterson um, because I think he could be a great. He, he had a hell of a week. 409 yards is impressive. No doubt about it. He was in contention to be my player of the week, actually. And it's ironic because I am a huge... I play NCAA 14 on my Xbox 360 all the time. I can't even put those ga- types of numbers up on a video game. And he put it up in real life against the undefeated, granted, Toledo team. But still, a team that's won three games and not lost a single one and went up and this guy annihilated Toledo on his own. It was super, super... Super impressive, and it's also ironic that the week before, after he put up his first big game where he had, I want to say, like 230-something yards, one of my favorite college football accounts on Instagram, Elite College Football, um, totally should come on the podcast, but, you know, still trying to get to that level. Um, They posted their running back rankings, and he was, I believe, number six, and everyone was just roasting the rankings for this random guy from Buffalo. And now people are like, put him at number one, put him at number two. The guy had a hell of a game. He's actually having a hell of a season. And I also have a running back as my player of the week, though I went outside of the college world. And I'm going with Antonio Gibson, the rookie from Memphis on the Washington football team. You know, they played on Thanksgiving Day against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have had a really inconsistent defense, so he should be feasting the way he did. But he's still the first rookie since Randy Moss to have three touchdowns on Thanksgiving Day. And granted, I know, not it, maybe if you put all the rookies and made them all play on Thanksgiving Day, someone would get that more often. But still, 115 rushing yards, 20 or so receiving yards, and, I mean, overall, five yards per carry. I don't care who you're playing the NFL. He had one heck of a game. He's actually quietly putting together a very good rookie season and kind of has convinced me that the Washington football team, with everything going on, still somehow may win the NFC East because of this guy pretty much. I'll have my eyes on him, not this week because I believe they have a bye, but the next few weeks after because this guy, he was just a beast. And he's been a beast off and on through the season. I think this guy, could, Antonio Gibson, could carry the Washington football team into the playoffs, as sad as that is, because I do not think they will have a winning record. But with that being said, he still definitely deserved to be my player of the week. And so, again, Kyle, I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure as always. It was nice to do something a little bit different today. And so, of course, to the listeners, thank you for listening. Been listening to Cuts to the Chase, and we out.